What's up, guys? Welcome to Just So We're Clear, a podcast brought to you straight out of Singapore with your hosts, Marissa True and myself, Hanley Hofer. Now, if you've listened to us before, well, you know the deal. But if you're new here, well, hey, welcome. So on this show, we cover pretty much everything to do with modern life, female empowerment, sex, mental health, finances, you name it, we do it in the most uncut way possible. Mm -hmm. So grab a coffee, maybe even a glass of wine. No, definitely some wine. Light a scented candle. Or maybe you're at the gym or you're cooking your dinner. But consider this next hour your time to feel like you're not alone. Because trust us, we get it. It's just so we're clear. Well, hello, guys. Welcome, welcome back. And also, welcome into October. A really sobering and frightening thought to how quick this year has gone. And yet, at the same time, like for the last 18 months, not at all, huh? I kind of feel like this year flew by and also I don't feel any kind of way about 2022 coming. I'm not like, oh my God, it went by too fast. I didn't even catch it. I'm just kind of like, all right, let's go. Do you feel different from a year ago though? Like if you think about who you are and yourself, like you versus, you know, it's been a big year still. I mean, in terms of who you are as a person, do you feel like you've grown, developed? Funnily enough, I was just having this conversation this morning with a friend and he was saying, I think all of us pretty much stayed the same. What could have changed last year compared to this year? And my only response was everything. Mm. And he was like, actually, to be fair, I think you've changed a lot. And I think it was more to do with, listen, we put in the work in the Mm. last 12 years. 12 months ago, I was fresh out of a mental breakdown. I was trying to piece my life back together or the scraps of it. And now I actually feel like, listen, it's still a mess. Pieces are on fire at different areas. But overall, we're kind of calm about it. Like we're going to deal with it as and when. So yeah, I'd say I changed a lot in the last year. I think I've changed too in the sense of I, for the first time in a while, I have like a really strong idea and the clarity of the direction that I want my life to go. Um, what is it? So, okay, it's kind of like the three-year plan idea, right? In sure. In the bigger picture sense. Like, okay, you know, we don't know where we are, but we know what we're going towards in general. Okay, yeah, okay. Right? And for me, that has been made clear. I mean, also signing with a new agency. Don't know if you guys have seen the news, but I've officially signed with a talent management. That's amazing for me because I've been freelancing for the past like seven years. And it means that it takes away 70% of my workload, which Mm -hmm. means that it's now going to give me all the time that I didn't have before to pursue who, what I want to do for my future and like my true interests. I think it's, Something a lot of people underestimate is the amount of admin that goes into being self-employed and managing yourself, especially if you are a talent. It's not just about, oh, I'm going to turn up to a gig and perform. Like there's so much that actually goes into your everyday. Content creation on all the different levels, whether it's on Instagram, whether you are a presenter, actress or any of the multiple hats that I've explored is a lot of work and everyone always sees the final product. But the shit that goes on behind the scenes is tiring. So to have that load released, that workload released from me and to now have that full energy and time to focus on like, 
who I want to be, what I want to be doing, and like in terms of the long run is really exciting. And I haven't had this burst of clarity since um, 2019. Was was that because 2019 is you got the clarity and then 2020 fogged up the mirror again? Absolutely. 2019, <laughs> I was like, I'm out of this relationship. Like, I moved in. My career feels really good. And then the pandemic happened and then mm-hmm. everything, like, stopped. And I was like, oh. And then I kind of fell into this lazy couch of, well, I'll just wait for this shit to be over. And it's not really going – it didn't really it, – it's not over. But – my attitude has shifted back to that like 2019 like okay let's like clear the murky waters a bit of my ambition and like now i know what i want so wait coming back to the original question a year ago have i changed yeah i feel driven now okay driven is good we like driven yeah yeah and you know i was talking to somebody about change in a person and he's an older friend he's like in his mid to late four it's he's ambiguously old elder millennial elder millennial right and he's a dad he's lived really like a crazy life um and he was talking to me about people who change dramatically okay for example people who go on a trip or like go on holiday or like go for two three months backpacking and then come back and they've like drastically changed oh, an, their a life person who does an ayahuasca trip and then change they quit their job they move away from their old life they cut off all ties and they're just yeah wear white linen exclusively like they like cold turkey like their life and yeah, they just yeah. come back a different person and he yeah. was like i don't trust people like that i don't trust people He's like, like because that because people are meant to change we're supposed to change over time gradually that's just life but people who change everything in an instant it's like there's just something there that doesn't sit with him to and, me and i was like yeah actually that's true we're supposed to change, yeah. But to flip who you are, I think in a short amount of time, like unless there's like a warranted reason, like I don't know, like you've got a terminal illness, right? Like that—that's a warranted reason to want to change your life and change your attitude. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I, it's just it, it left me with a lot of thoughts about that. For me, just based on what you're saying here, I agree. Humans are designed to evolve. Like we grow. That's we change our perspectives based on the information that comes in affects the way we put ourselves back out. The people who change overnight, like they do, I don't know, an ayahuasca trip or they go on a silent meditation retreat for two weeks and then they just come back and go, you know what? This is who I am now. I think the reason it's so unnerving is because it means that their sense of self, there was no core there. It was so easy to flip the switch. Like what? What part of you was because I feel like, okay, we evolve, but there's a part of us that stays stable. We have our core characteristics that kind of ground us. I hear you. Okay, I hear you. I mean, I hear you. But then just to like add to this, what about people who watch a documentary about the food industry and then become vegan? Yeah, but that's not dramatically changing everything about your life. That's a dietary decision. I think veganism is, of course, like on paper, a dietary change but it is definitely a lifestyle change a mindset change i don't think it's necessary i think it's a reaction to understanding how strongly you feel about say the environmental crisis and being like actually this is something i place a lot of value and importance on and therefore this drastic change in my behavior is addressing a value that was actually already there that i've decided to pay more attention to Mm. and acknowledge better in my life and take more responsibility for because 
I mean, like I've I've had months or months at a time where I've decided, you know what, we're going to just be vegetarian for a while. Or we're going to drastically cut my meat consumption, mm-hmm. but it hasn't changed my values. It hasn't changed how I interact with the world. It's just kind of a conscious decision of being aware of my impact and saying like, okay, let's just make subtle and slight changes to address that. <laughs> Bless you. God, excuse me, guys. Sorry, I'm coming off of a very cozy Sunday afternoon nap, and it's like... Yeah, you straight up not awake right mm. now. That's why I'm <laughs> asking these deep questions. But I don't know. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to the idea of, like, the rate that we're supposed to change. But I'm just sharing this, putting it out there for you guys to consider, because when he said it to me, it was not something I'd considered before. Like, the sharp turn of a life in a short period amount of time because of something versus like the gradual like of evolution of who we are you know yeah but i think it it makes me wonder i think it's is as you said it comes down to what caused that switch mm. like if suddenly you know you find out you have six months to live of course that's going to create a drastic shift in perspective and it's going to make you evaluate a lot of things and i think it's going to solidify the values that you want to I don't know enjoy more in your life mm-hmm. versus I think sometimes the perception of you know the people who go on these retreats and have these dr- like dramatic transformations is because like did you go in wanting that change or how like receptive were you to completely changing your life yeah overnight? yeah yeah there's so many like, factors yeah to like why people switch up and like were you trying around? to say goodbye to your life when you entered this and you were you striving to find a new way to in, like to be or were you just like all right cool let's switch we're yeah. gonna do this now you yeah. know yeah because for me if you can switch that quickly to that that means you can switch very quick like quickly back yeah like it's it's that thing of the faster you are to go one way is just as fast as how you come back like i Every action has an equal and opposite reaction yeah, to state yeah. the physical principle. It's like do you the know way what I mean? you do one thing is so you do most things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you can jump to veganism hard. Yeah. Like instantly. I don't know. Does that mean? I feel like veganism's maybe okay, not the okay, best Okay, it's not example. the best. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> you can like switch to like Joe Rogan really quick. And then jump back into Russell Brand. I don't know. I'm they, using they're, they're, these are like new age cult vibes at this point. Throw those yeah, two out. I feel like those two guys are cut from the same cloth. I lo- have you seen this thing where it's like Joe Rogan to dudes? It's like what Oprah is to women. Yes. <laughs> My ex was so heavily into Joe Rogan. It's like I couldn't go a day or two without hearing that guy's name. I've listened to a couple of his podcasts and there are some that I get and I'm like, all right, this is actually a pretty interesting conversation. And there are some where I'm just like, this is toxic masculinity times a thousand. Really? I don't know. Because I I love, I love, don't get me wrong. I really love Joe Rogan. But the thing about his approach to masculinity is that it comes with such a sense of openness. Like he knows about his toxic masculine traits. But I think that's the interesting... Like, there are some episodes where it feels like he's actually quite aware of it. And then I've heard other conversations he's had, and I don't ask me which episodes because I cannot remember. But I just remember sitting there thinking, he really needs to question why he's styled his questions this way. Like, he needs to understand what assumptions he's bringing into the room when he positions a question like that. Hmm. And I think... Listen, I, what I give him credit for is that he puts his hand up and he's like, I'm not an expert. I'm an idiot like the rest of us. And I'm just asking because I don't know. I think that's a great way to enter a conversation. 
being willing to take on the information. But then sometimes I'm like, your critical thought might need a little bit of mm. refinement. So coming from two seasoned podcasters, just really <laughs> analyzing one of the most professional podcasters. Like, what are yeah. we even talking about? He is super like, he successful. Is so out. He's like the top podcaster in the world, and here we are. Like, well, <laughs> but you know, I read this. I read this. Like, okay. We're like, bar- we're not even two years old. Like, what are we talking about? We don't even know. <laughs> I did read this really nerdy article that was having a look at the financials since his deal with Spotify, mm. and they said, was it successful? Like, that was basically the topic of it and they said it was successful for Spotify because it bumped their traffic it bumped their revenue but they said for him he would have earned more money had he stayed independent and I was like that's interesting but again like I, d- I don't think anybody cares I, I find this stuff interesting like, but you're already a multi-millionaire like oh no you lost a little money <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. shut up listen Joe if you're listening just make sure you pay your taxes like be yeah, responsible do about that. it be don't worry about dude. it <laughs> so in other news you guys I'm going to Germany Actually, I feel like when this episode comes out, you'll be in Germany. I will be in the fatherland. <gasps> Hofer, it's in the name. I'm half German. And I posted a story about this the other day, but I'll repeat it for the sake of content's sake. But I'm half Singaporean, half German. I feel like this VTL is literally my birthright. <laughs> I was born for this collaboration during this pandemic to happen. <laughs> what a collab. Finally, yeah. <laughs> we've, been, we've been waiting since 1992 I to see ha- it. Like on my suitcase, I have a sticker of a German flag and a Singaporean flag. And you know, I'm going to be rolling that through the airport. Just like, fuck yeah. It's like, I am the embodiment. <laughs> it is I, the vaccinated travel lane. <laughs> me. This is also my toxic Leo trait. Like, I think everything's about me. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> Let this me shine. This is my thing. I can see you content creating on the plane. <laughs> Premium economy just TikToking away. I know. Oh, God. There are going to be so many people just hate watching my travels the same way that I was hate watching other people's travels at a time like this. It's yeah. a sensitive topic. But- no, I wish I was going with you. But I'm now timing my trip because I'm also planning on going, but I'm going to do it to see my sister. And- Listen, guys, if you've been waiting for a sign to just go to Germany, consider this podcast the sign because just go. Just go. And also now they recently finally loosened up the uh, return. 10 day quarantine. That's not that bad. And also seven days if you are from the category two countries, which now includes the Netherlands and Portugal, places I would love to go and visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, it's slightly cheaper. And also, if you live alone or you're traveling with the people that you live with, you can do it at home, which is way better than doing it at a hotel. Are we kidding? Oh, God. I am so excited to just breathe in a different type of air. But I'm also really interested to reconnect with my German roots. I don't know. You're going to be eating so much pork knuckle and bratwurst. Bratwurst. And, and veal schnitzel. Schnitzel, sauerkraut. So much beer. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad's German side of the family live in a little village outside of Düsseldorf. Düsseldorf. Pulheim. Uh, okay, I'm not going to try attempt to say that. Pulheim. 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 My father has um, a sister and he had a brother, my late Uncle Harald. Also, fun Uncle fact. Uncle Harold. Okay, so this is, guys, this is how German my dad's side of the family is. Dad left Germany when he was like, what, 19, 20? He was like, 
<laughs> I had a bad time growing up here after the war. I want to get as far away as possible. So he left Germany and like still kept in relation with his family, like supported them and all that, being like the only son, the, I mean the oldest son, like the only man. His dad died in the war. You know which war. Don't make me say it. And, um, <laughs> but my German side is so German that they had this tradition of naming everyone in the family with the letter H. Have I told you this? Sorry, I'm just trying to like processing the reaction of you know which for. <laughs> it's just so interesting that you're tied to that. Isn't it crazy? No, I it's... really think about that sometimes. I'm like, it's fucking crazy that my father's dad was a military think personnel of... in the, the war. But think about it, German right? War, guys. My grandfather also fought in the war against your grandfather. I know. And here we are, a couple of Asian kids later, just... BFFing. <laughs> talking about Joe Rogan. They are looking down on us, being like... Like, we didn't... What the hell? Yeah, like, we fought <laughs> for six years for you to just end what up happened, as friends. What happened to your grandfather, though? Did he... He, he survived. He survived. My grandfather Yo, survived. guys, check this weird, sad, but true fact out. My dad's side is buried in a mass grave in Poland. <gasps> wow. He was like a captain of the army. We have like pictures and we have like little ribbons. That's intense. And the, I mean, like, I'm, like, I'm just saying, like he obviously was part of the Nazi regime because, you know. Yeah, so German. we named the war now. We named it. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't figured out which war, please read a we book. We put it out. We just, it's out there now. So anyway, coming back to the story of how German. I've never thought about that in context to you. I know. It's obvious, but at the same time, like, oh my God. I know. The, Yo. the other N-word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh, shit. German. Like I don't like it's so obvious, yeah. but I just never I never put two and two together. Wow. Well, it's because we're not together. It's not. <laughs> no, no, I know. But in terms of like, I never thought about it in context of my father would have my grandfather. Sorry, would have been in op direct opposition to your grandfather. Yeah. And then fast forward 70 years yeah, later like, and we're sat in a room together. And it's not even that like uh, that long a time. It's still years. in your father, your grandfather's lifetime. It's yeah. still within a lifetime. See, the world can be a beautiful place. The um, war was not a beautiful place. No, but the outcome <laughs> of where we are now. Okay. See, here we are. <laughs> Just a lots of peace and uh, forgiveness. Okay. Who forgives who? Not for this podcast. <laughs> not our job, not guys. Not for this episode. Not our job. So coming back to the Germanness. Okay, no, no, because there's this is a funny point I want to make that is also really bizarre to me because I totally identify as Asian. Every single person in my father, his Hofer family, yeah. right, starts with the letter H. Sure. Like, yeah. even the ones that got married in weirdly. Like, so we're talking all, like Harold, literally. Herbert, okay, so every Hans. single German name under the sun is in my family tree, all right? We got Helga. Oh. We got Heinz, like the freaking like tomato the sauce. <laughs> we got Henny. Yeah. That was my grandmother's name. Helga. Sure. Harald. Heinz. No, I said Heinz. Hans. Hans. Okay, that's my dad's name. Yeah. And there are more. I just can't think of them. And then but then just off that, six H European ass names. Like, what Brady Brunch do I really come from? <laughs> they were just like, throw a Hanley in there. And they were like, what? Yeah, yeah. So my brother's name is Hansen, which my dad named him that. Like the boy band? No. No, no. <laughs> Take that back. I'm sorry. Don't shit on my brother's namesake. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hansen. With like three white boys. Don't do that. <laughs> with long hair. That definitely ignited some sort of 
hormonal reaction in me, but let's leave that out. <laughs> no, um, Hans' son, my brother's name, is literally Hans's son. Oh, so he's basically Hans Jr. He's Hans Jr. That's what I'm calling But Hans' son. Oh. Son in German is son? No, no, no. That was the Asian-ness. They like, they're like, oh, let's keep it Asian, though. Let's put okay, it I see. Yeah. I see. It's so interesting because when my parents named us, I feel like they're all fairly Eurocentric. Like, it's Caitlin Roseanne, Alexander John Andreas. Yeah, where's your Malayu? Marissa Jane. Where, where's your Asian? Well, we sort of took on my grandmother's maiden name in terms of, but like informally, it's not in our paperwork, but Bejahan is in there. I've never heard you say that. What? Bejahan? Yeah, Bejahan. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Did your mom keep her name? No, no she, she, she took her. Yeah, but my mom, so my mom goes by Nelly, which she took on, I think, when she was like an early teenager. Mm. Um, but her original name is Sumiarti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a very Sumatran name. I was going to say, sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like her yeah. name. And then you have my dad, yeah. Timothy John, goes yeah. by John. Yeah. No, dad's name is Hans Johannes Hofer. And my mom's name is We Sweet Im. And this wow. is a cute story. But during their wedding, because um, my mom, right, Pranakan, so they speak their like little slang Malay, Mm-mm-mm. not Chinese, right? Yeah. So that's what they speak at home. And... Um, during my parents' wedding, because it was like the combination of two cultures, what they did is that they got my German uncle to read his speech in Malay and my Singaporean uncle to read his in German. Way to put these people on the spot. And apparently the whole house was crying with laughter because like they couldn't, they don't know how to pronounce shit. I think think that's excellent. It's an amazing idea. It's like an immersion strategy. Because I was, again, it's funny how many of this, like this conversation were things I was literally talking about this morning where we were talking about talking with my flatmate about weddings in general and I was saying that when it comes to mine you know if I ever do get married I would very much want to retain as much of the Indonesian part like cultural celebration like I want to have the full Sumatran ceremony oh yeah oh my god it's a beautiful as well like oh i would look bomb as hell oh my god so oh i know which one you're talking about yeah it's stunning yeah yeah but just paying attention to the fact that i feel like you know with my accent how i interact with the world like just almost expatty kind of that that what's what was i called before coconut like i was always a coconut (laughs) because i was brown outside and white in the middle which is also a bit like it's not a very nice term but in that I was always slightly wary that I might lose that dimension. Mm. And I feel like a wedding is the perfect way to kind of like let it erupt again. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, When my parents got married, their wedding actually was the party of the year (gasps) voted by Singapore Tatler magazine. Your parents just had it going on. They had a really, they had a good one. And remember Ama, the uh, orangutan from the zoo. Yeah. Okay. So she, she was turned a guest. Up. She was an official guest because the director of the zoo, uh, this guy, I think his name is some something Harrison. Um, sure. He's good friends with my folks. So like as a party favor, he bought the orangutan to their wedding. <laughs> what did Ama do? She just hung out there and people took photos with her and like hung out, which also this day and age would be so frowned upon. I was going to say, like, was, like, I don't know if that's was, like, a good thing. thing. <laughs> like in the 80s when like rights and wokeness was not even a yeah. thing. So they had like this bomb ass party and it's still legendary to this day. They ha- they hosted it at the Swiss Club, uh-huh, which is a okay. bit random now that if you go to the Swiss Club, you're like, 
there was a party that had an orangutan here where all the white babies hang out. But it was hosted there in the 80s. And yeah, it, it became famous. Actually, there are magazine and newspaper clippings I have about it. You know where my parents got married? Arcadia. Where's that? On Adam Road, that big condo where everyone would always go trick-or-treating every year. Oh, Yes, because I've been there. Because <laughs> that's where the rich people live and they give you the good candy. Yeah, that's where you get all the American candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was where they got married. And they also did one where they had like their, the traditional Indonesian Muslim wedding. And then they just had like a rager with all their other friends oh, as well. God. Listen, weddings should be extended over the course of two to three to four days. And it should just, oh, it should just be a massive party. Um... So I was watching this TikTok as I do late at night because doom scrolling TikTok. That's literally what we live for these days. <laughs> Just hitting a good video on the internet. Like that's the thrill of these days. <laughs> and um, I was watching this thing and it just it's a sad truth about the patriarchy. But okay. I'm so tired of the women, patriarchy. Women don't know what their true surnames are in the sense that every woman in the generation of like all marriages has always taken on the husband's name. I'm keeping my name. I know, but even your name is from my father. It's your father's name. That I understand. You and know, my and your mother's yeah. name is from her father's name. But then it would take like his his mother's name is from her father. You know what I, I mean? I feel like it's if like, we bring it all the way back, we probably didn't have surnames because it was probably like a like no a we, single name thing, and then it kind of no. We actually got, I don't know. What no, the I know. I know are. about this. I don't know why I know this, but the reason surnames were a thing is because that was your duty in the village. Oh, like Goldsmith. Baker. Yeah. Like, cause the fuck Germany, is a true? <laughs> What's a hofer? You, I know what a hofer is. A and cow I know, in a field. No, no, no. Hofer is the land is the name of land the name for like the landlord. Oh. So it's like the homeowner. So all these surnames, and I know this because I asked my dad, I'm like, "What's Hofer?" And because he comes from like a village, he's like, "In the village, your name is what you do." So you've got like the baker and like the smith, like the smiths, like the metal yeah, smiths. Yeah. You've got like banker and and like generally at the beginning you adopt your occupation and remember back then occupations and like these types of jobs were kept in the family like what you a, trained your son to take over it's your like job it's like a capitalist like you're you, going to identify by what you provide society but hey this also happened um when uh, in america when black people had their freedom and they were able to choose their names. And so that's why a lot of them have their surname Freeman, like Morgan Freeman, because they had the ability to choose their surname as a free man. Oh. Super interesting. So guys, go ask what your surname means, because I guarantee you it originates from one of your ancestors' original occupations. You want to know what true means? What? It is a pair of tartan trousers. Wait, for real? Yeah. Trues, trues are a type of trousers. So you were, you're a great... You're a, predecessor we was, were pants you were <laughs> you're the pants man we're the pants man you are the pants man maybe we were now you're the pants woman <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no that is super interesting i wonder i should probably go back through the archives see what sort of historical yeah you should definitely go i can dig you should up. go true them <laughs> <laughs> i hated how much i enjoyed that <laughs> It's so interesting because I've had this discussion before where I was saying that like I take so much pride in my name and especially how it reflects a connection with my father because it being his name and then his side of the family that the most I'll compromise is a hyphen, but I will never take on another man's name. 
Because she don't need no man. <laughs> she don't. I will never take a. I'll hyphenate it, but I would actually find issue if I was with a partner who had an issue with me keeping my name. Of course, because I would want God. a partner who'd respect Jesus, that. At that point, like what? It'll be twenty fifty-five. The fuck? <laughs> okay, we know we're we'll like in feminist mode all together. Now I'm totally sorry. I did you dirty like that? <laughs> So, quote Hanley, 2021, Marissa's going to die alone. (laughs) She's going to make it to 2055 before she's going to have this problem. No, for real, though. (laughs) If your boyfriend is, like, adamant on you taking his name if you ever get married, like, if that is not a red flag that's glittering in front of your face, like, girl, run. No, 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 no. So, I've thought about this, and I've come to a solution. I really like my name because it's also double H, right? Yeah. It just looks nice on paper. But I'm going to make sure my daughter keeps my name. But the son can have his father's name. I wouldn't want my children to have different names, though. I would want it to feel united with a family. But I would want, say, for example, it was a hyphenated name. Mm. Or if we kept our own names but hyphenated it for the children. No, mine's hyphenated. I just don't practice that. Okay. Oh, yeah. we, Hofa. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 it's hyphenated. Yeah. No, I mean, look, they'll know that we're family because of all the matching outfits we'll be wearing. <gasps> the thing about the name will be... You guys are going to be that Von Trapp family. We're going to be... You guys, you're going to be the Von Trapp family, Volkswagen camper van, and then instead of song and dance, TikToks. I feel like those families already exist, and I follow them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Definitely yeah. see that for me. I'm very happy about that. I always, I actually, because I was talking to a friend who was unsure as to whether she wanted to keep her name or take her husband's name. And I was like, listen, it's really just down to you and what you prefer. Like, if you want to take your husband's name and that's important to you, go ahead and do that. But then she didn't realize that combining their two names just sounded awesome. Like, I think his name in Spanish meant of kings. And then I can't remember what her name meant, but whatever it is, noun plus of kings. So say it was, I don't know. Give me a noun. You know that I'm the worst at this. You're the you're the English graduate. You're the writer. I don't know why I'm stumped. It's kind of like Mad Libs. Give me a noun. Carpets of kings. Carpets (laughs) of kings. Like if that was her last name, if it meant carpets of kings. Like that's insane. That also sounds like a soap brand. Not going to lie. (laughs) Carpets? Carpets of kings. Cleans your carpets to look like carpets of kings. I would have thought like a rug store, but okay. Same, same la. Same, no. A carpet store doesn't, isn't also a carpet cleaner store. It is normally. Because you may be good at, I don't know, weaving doesn't mean you're good at cleaning. We're getting really off track. <laughs> I feel like we're going to all these different little Avenues. rabbit holes. You guys are really finding out a lot about us today. I sh- we should really record more post-nap episodes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Something's really fresh today. <laughs> genuinely, I woke up from a nap, walked over here. You woke up from a nap when I arrived here. And the stuff that's coming out of our mouths right now. I think it's because I was watching TikToks before I napped. And some of the messaging has... See, my whole life is TikToks right now. Yeah, I'm really fucking is. addicted. This is no, why I didn't download it. I can't. Because the moment I touch get, that... Get on it. I can't. It's, Join me. I can't. I have in so Join many rabbit the holes. Side. It's so much better than Instagram. Instagram actually makes you feel shit about yourself because you know the people you follow. And you're like, oh, look at you progressing with life. Good for fucking you. But if you... <laughs> Go on TikTok. You're like, you're a stranger. And what happens after me watching this video doesn't mean anything. So I'm just going to enjoy your small joy right now and then move on. I get it. But I'm, 
it's just I know that the moment I start, I'm not going to get off it, and like I join don't. me. I am learning a lot from TikTok, though. That be true. And I feel like something- if I was a TikToker, I'd be like a crypto influencer. I would just be giving out shoddy financial advice. They exist. I know, I've and I also them. follow them. <laughs> You're like. 10x your investments overnight i did it and i'm 16 and i just bought my first house and i'm like fuck you kid (laughs) yeah also side note following (laughs) um but one thing and i brought it up to you but the other day when we were hanging out with some friends but i want to share this with everyone and it was the whole concept about um the toxic trait that you have to accept in your friend Mm -hmm. Do you remember when I said this? Yes. So I want to share this with you guys. I thought it was really interesting. And it goes like this. It's like your friends and people in your life, there will always be things about them that annoy you. Yeah. And the whole lesson about setting a boundary is to recognize the things about them that annoy you, a.k.a. their, and I say this in quotes, toxic trait. And you have a choice right now to either accept that toxic trait about them or to step away. So you make a promise to yourself, like, I see that, I don't like it, but you know what? I'll accept it. Yeah. And so yeah. every time that friend acts up and plays out their toxic trait, you it's your responsibility to check yourself to be like, you knew this was coming and you made a promise to yourself to accept this. Yeah. No, I've actually been thinking, again, this is another topic that I've been thinking a lot about in the last week. I'm telling you, it's my TikTok influence it's it's me. The shit that you're sending me and like <laughs> yeah, I'm telling the you. few clips that I do watch. Yeah, you're basically my TikTok algorithm. I'll take it. Yeah, you're very manual about it. Um no, I've actually thought a lot about this in terms of I've been reflecting a lot in terms of what my ex baseline expectations of a friend is. Like what is an unreasonable expectation versus what I just think a friendship means to me and how that reflects in behavior. So for example, being there to listen to you, to empathize, being there as a support system and also just being fun with you and having a good time. Like it's pretty simple, straightforward. Back you up when you need support, listen to you when you need to be heard and make me laugh. That's pretty much it. But then when it comes to the toxic traits, another thing that, well, toxic, yeah, again, inverted commas. Yeah, because saying toxic is toxic. It's a strong word. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of the qualities that's where your patience ends or your tolerance just sort of stops. Again, I've been paying attention to, so the incidents that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I've talked about it a lot with different friends. Wait, clarify what in- incident in case someone skipped that episode. The incident where I was essentially bullied in my own home for the course of an evening. Yeah, and yeah. that is last week's episode? Yeah, it was the solo before this one. Yeah. So there was an episode between. So just go back to. But, um, oh, and by the way, while we're on that topic, to all the people that messaged me, about that incident either offering some sympathy or in many cases empathy and actually taking the moment to share your own stories of what happened to you truly like from the bottom of my heart thank you because it made me really happy to have opened up about it and kind of started that conversation and it also made me feel a lot more comfortable about having shared it because it is a share it is an uncomfortable topic to discuss and so I felt really heard and validated and acknowledged and the support was amazing so to all of you that did I'm not going to name names because some of your stories are very personal but thank you so much where was I 
Toxic so, yeah. So you were saying that. Okay. So anyway, the situation has more or less phased out. There were some leftover. Oh, there were crumbs of yeah, yeah things I've, to address. Yeah. And you were saying that you were because of this situation with Zibuli. I'm just gonna say it like that. It made you go into thought about your standards for friendships. Yeah. Yeah. And so what it made me realize was that for me, I think when when there's the discussion of are people aware of your expectations and is it fair to have those expectations on them? When I think of a friendship and I think of this is someone that you support them, you protect them, you have their back as and when they need, that's a kind of like a demonstration of your loyalty in a way. I don't think that's an expectation. I think that's just kind of embedded in what a friendship should mean. And I don't know if people define wait, so it Wait, 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 say that again. I, what do you mean by that? Like your loyalty, what does that mean? Like in terms of having your back and supporting you when you need it or keeping you accountable when you also need it and just kind of being there for somebody when they need Okay, so, it. okay, I, I think I'm seeing where you're getting at. Because, but the thing is that loyalty in that word can mean very different things to people. True. I think for me, if it I doesn't mean yeah. like in the situation itself, I would like you to stand up for me. I think it depends. Like, I think loyalty comes down to if your friend is clearly in need of help, you stand up for them. Loyalty in that if they do wrong, you hold them accountable. Like, you care enough about them that you will guide them to where they you think they need to be or it's something that they I don't know how to express this but at the same time if they're in need of help regardless of whether they ask for it you're willing to at least be like hey yeah do you need support here yeah yeah and I don't think that is an unreasonable expectation to have for a friendship mm -hmm. and I think that was something I learned a lot about in terms of it made me kind of step back from a lot of friendships and thinking who do I feel has my back Mm -hmm. And that also bled into another thing, which was it was unearthing all kinds of childhood trauma, which honestly, my therapist is going to have a fucking field day when we have our next chat. But about and I mentioned it on that episode, my lack of trust that people will turn up for me the way I turn up for them. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes down to when I was bullied as a kid, I was always bullied by the people that truly made me feel like I was their friend. Mm. So I had this trust that they would be that support when they ended up becoming the very ones that would hurt me. And so that put a really interesting spin on how I looked at my friendships. And then also in terms of what we were saying earlier with like the quote unquote toxic trait or the trait that we just don't like about a person. That was also another kind of sobering thing because it when I picked out sort of what I thought it was for different people, like we're still going to be friends, but that's an area that I don't like about them. It made me think, okay, we actually need to readjust because we can't treat all the people the same mm -hmm. if there are different shortcomings in different relationships. Yeah, girl, that's just straight up boundary setting. Like, I okay, have no boundaries. That's yeah, the problem. Well, that's, I mean, this is your learning curve. It's like, okay, uh, an incident happened and the community or my friends around me didn't react in a way that I had expected them to based yeah. on my knowledge of friendship and yeah, the way that I would to act it. towards them as their friend. This doesn't mean that they're not your friends. No, it just means not. that, okay, now you know that for certain situations, they're not your people. But you have other people for those situations. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's just a learning curve. And so the boundary is like, okay, I love you, but 
I'm not going to go to you for this. Yeah. And that's that's where the boundaries Yeah, are. that's actually exactly what I And then exactly you call in I other learned. people to do that and, and you yeah. let other people be there in that space for you. Yeah. Because I think, I don't think it means that they're bad friends or that they are not living up to your expectations. I think it just means that we need to be responsible of adjusting our expectations and not expect other people to like change or adhere to them because it's our job to do that. Like you can, like, you know, this is the countless lesson we learn all over again. Every time we get disappointed by standards that we set on other people that were actually our own standards, yeah. it's like, fuck, man, I shouldn't have done that to you. I get that, but I'm, but for me, I also see it as I don't think it was an unreasonable baseline for a friendship. Like, I kind of thought that was inherent in all friendships yeah and like that was the yeah. foundation like anything else is extra okay, but that but, is the basis of it okay like, so i've had a similar situation in a past relationship where they were like how come you didn't stand up for, to, for me sure and my response is that's not my responsibility and in our dynamic if you expect me to be standing up for you then that's not fair because I expect you to be able to stand up for yourself. You see what I mean? It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that I don't love you. It just means that the role of like your savior, your soldier is not me. And I don't think it's right to to feel like I needed to do that for you. I, I Okay, I see where you're coming from. But I also think it may not be kind of... I'm not trying to paint this as like a, if you're not going to do that for someone, then they're clearly not that good of a friend sort of thing. That's not what I'm actually trying to say at all. But I think when it comes to, for example, that situation, it was more that there's a hope in you that someone would, or someone who's close enough to you would know when you should just help. It's not about standing up and fighting your corner, but it's just that little bit of acknowledgement of, hey, are you all right? Mm -hmm. Hey, checking in with you, being mm -hmm. like, listen, do you want some support here or are you good? It's that little kind of extra thought of, I can see what this, what predicament this person might be in and yeah. I'm going to acknowledge it. That, and That's called empathy. Exactly. And I literally being like, oh, someone doesn't look very comfortable. Let, yeah. me, you know, let me go check because, on them. Let yeah. me see how they're doing. Because I was saying yeah. that like, I, for example, like I know I position myself as like a very strong, almost impenetrable person like I don't let it show that people affect me and so and it's because frankly if they get through that shell that core is so sensitive that I don't know how I'm going to respond the moment that that part is touched like I I'll lose it I, I can't I don't know what I'll do at that point because I'll just be devastated mm -hmm. but in all that strength like that strength takes effort do I appreciate it is it part of who I am yes absolutely is it something I value completely but that doesn't mean I don't want someone in my life to be like you know what I know you could have this but let me just help you out like let me just take this load off you for a bit like let me just handle this so you can rest and relax like in a weird way and the phrasing is bad like let let yourself be the weak one here let me take care of you I think it's because I'm always the care provider in most of my relationships and I would just like one day for it to come the other way a bit more. Mm. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's a sucky thing to to feel like you have to go through that to have that exposed to you about, I guess, these group of friends, right? Of what happened. 
Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, I don't think any of it is... It doesn't is, mean that they're not your friends. No, it it's... It and this I, happened and it made you reflect in such a deep way and, like, but you're I also, just getting a lot of clarity from this. I also don't think it's, like, damning in that, you know, oh, then these aren't my people. Sort yeah, of thing. Like, exactly. they're definitely my people. It's just... It's... I think it's made us all learn a lot about what we kind of see our relationships as and then how we can actually support each other better. And, mm -hmm. like, if that's something that they're willing to do in order for our friendship or relationship to grow, then amazing. And if it's not, then exactly, there's a new boundary and we just have to live with that. Man, my solution for you is to just stop having friends, you know? Just like join <sighs> TikTok. And Honey, there are, there are <laughs> this so whole episode has just me like fucking join TikTok. Just do, just do what I do. Just have three friends, a shitload of plants, and a really great dog. That's <laughs> like, who needs more people than that? No, but I, I will say that an experience did solidify a lot of other friends that like people I did go to for counsel and support and then them just hearing me out and then feeling like I could just be open and just drop and let them Kind of just look after you. Yeah. Hear just, me. Like help me yeah. feel a bit heard. Just nurture you. Yeah. Because yeah. I think a bit of me when I the part of the reason I was afraid of telling the story was that I was afraid that I wouldn't be heard. When in fact, you helped others share theirs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But really, guys, um, like Marissa said, thank you to those who take time to write in. We always appreciate it and we feel the love and we hope that you feel our efforts in the same volume that you repay it. Does that make sense? I have no idea. That was a tricky, <laughs> it was tricky phrasing, but I'm going to assume yes. <laughs> cool. Let's roll with it. Um, okay. A lot of food for thought in today's episode. I mean, we, rec we covered a lot. We did. <laughs> we covered. We, co we covered. <laughs> we covered. Genuinely everything. didn't see any of this coming. No. Today's chat. When we talked about the war, we talked about namesakes. We talked about toxic traits. Um, and expectations in friendships and relationships. And how great a solid nap on a Sunday can feel. Also, just another throwback to a couple episodes ago. Again, to the people commenting on the frustration of the effort it takes to create a great nude and the letdown of the response to all of you women out there. I'm so sorry. You need to move on and find better men. Yeah, I straight <laughs> up told my boyfriend. I was like, by the way... Everyone knows. <laughs> you responded with an emoji. I hope you're fucking happy. <laughs> um, okay, guys, I'm going to throw it, cool it down now. It's a good time to end off this episode. I will be in Germany. You are more than welcome to hate watch my videos. I will not take it personally. Marissa will be doing the same. <laughs> in about a month's time, then, yeah. No, no, she will also be hate watching. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I yeah. meant. Every then, single reply is going to be, fuck you, And hen. then it'll be Marissa's turn, but we will still be finding a way to turn out episodes. So till you hear our voices mixed. Love we'll see you, you then. Bye.